It's an honor, Austin Price Vol Quest, the go-to site for all things Tennessee. Austin, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. We, we can just talk Morristown East and Jeff County football in the next <laughs> 15 minutes. I thought we were in Hardy's there for a minute. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you, Austin, how big of a fan are you of Mark Stoops and Kentucky football? I know, I know that's one of your favorites there. Well, you know, I mean, I, I think he's done a phenomenal job. You know, he got mad when he was on the nation one year. Um, you know, because I referenced, you know, how far he's brought them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he was just tired of that narrative. And I'm yeah. like, how, how do you get tired of the narrative that you've done a good job? I mean, they were a doormat forever, and all of a sudden they were really competitive. I think they're going to be much more competitive this year. Yeah. Like, they're my team. That I, I'm not sure that it equates in wins, but I think that they will be the fly in somebody's ointment because I think Leary is, is, is a really solid quarterback, and I think that, that you, you had, you know, putting Cohen back up there, I just think that, that Kentucky will be more formidable this year than they ever were a year ago. I think that's the nicest thing I've ever heard you say about Kentucky. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I'm just a straight shooter. I kind of call it like yeah, I yeah. see it. So, I mean, you know, uh, again, I think he's done a phenomenal job. I do think there's a ceiling there. I think it gets harder um, now that he's going to be going into a schedule that, you know, isn't necessarily conducive with a Mississippi State every year. Uh, it will get harder. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think everybody's kind of got him pigeonholed uh, for that Iowa job because he played up there uh, whenever Ference gets out if he wants to coach that long. My thing is, you know, Stoops, he's kind of got some other, you know, interests outside of football that he's doing. And, and so how long does he want to stay in coaching or is he more like his brother who wants to get out at a decent age and enjoy life? Because he seems like he – Stoops feels like to me a guy that would be really fun to just go for a weekend trip with. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, seems like a, a, a genuinely good guy who just, again, you know, got tired of the narrative that Kentucky had, you know, improved a lot. Yeah. Do you share a bank account with your father, like some Tennessee assistant? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> allegedly. No, allegedly. I do not. Can you believe it? Could you believe that? That was the, the excuse. You know, I mean, hey, you know, if you're trying to protect and um, – you're trying to come up with a good reason. I mean, I've heard worse, worse tales. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm not totally surprised um, that that was kind of the, the, the avenue, trying to protect himself, trying to protect, you know, um, you know Jeremy and, 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 you know, get out as clean as one can get out of that mess. Yeah. But it, now that the, that's over them, though, I mean, they just landed a five-star Mike Matthews. Sure. Uh, there's probably more coming. How big – I mean, Tennessee was already in the fast lane, so to speak. How much, for, you know, quicker, faster can they get there now that they don't have this crap hanging over them? Well, I don't think it's really hung over them this year. I think it hung over them that 22 year um, when it was the Dallin Hayden, Ty Simpson, uh, Jordan James, Isaiah Horton, all those in-state kids, and really all the kids in, in that class, but specifically the in-state kids because you're around it every day. You're around Tennessee fans every day and Tennessee media every day, and you hear about – this and that, and all these schools. I had numerous uh, recruits that year tell me that schools were saying four-year show calls or four-year bowl ban, five-year bowl ban, you know. Um, and, and kids, you know, Tennessee couldn't go, that's not true. Yeah, You couldn't officially say that because right. you don't know. And if you're a, a parent or a kid and you're really ignorant on how it all works, who are you going to believe, the team that's under investigation or the team that's not? And so, like, it really hampered them that first year. I think there are several 
Um, and I've talked to several people that look at Tennessee and think, if I had known that they were going to flip it, yeah. things would be different. Yeah. But they're not. And Tennessee's moved on, and they moved on nicely. And, and again, I don't think it's hampered them this year. Um, you know, I think it was important for Hypel and company to be on the phone, and they were. I mean, the moment it got released, I mean, Hype's on the phone with all these different recruits, especially the ones that were set to announce this week, next week, you know, making them understand, hey, I'm going to fill in the blanks. Here's what all this means. You don't feel it. Hype talked about that when he met with the media here in Nashville. You know, the recruits haven't felt this, just like the fans don't feel it. The fans didn't know that, that there were no recruits at the two Thursday openers the last two years. You know, I mean, fans don't feel the $8 million fine. Fans don't know that, you know, Tennessee can't make recruiting phone calls for a week. They don't see any of that stuff. The only thing they feel, and really the only thing that, that recruits feel to a degree, is the bowl ban, and, and Tennessee didn't get that. They won't feel the rest of the stuff. Tennessee might feel a little bit when – you know, you're looking at being at 82 versus 85. I know that's only three, but, you know, if you're thin at a position and you have some injuries, those three extra scholarships could have been three extra safeties or defensive tackles or whatever. But, uh, you know, I don't think, you know, the, the common person, the common fan, um, or the common recruit feels any of this. Do mm-hmm. you think they make up for that, though, maybe with – NIL. Good. You know, helping some yeah. of these kids, these preferred walk-ons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely good. I mean, I think you've seen that a lot, a lot across college football where, you know, a high-end player who could probably be a group of five, mm-hmm. a high-end group of five player, ends up, instead of signing group of five, ends up walking on through NIL and basically is a, a scholarship guy at Power 5 programs. Yeah. And you see how it goes for a couple of years, and that kid may go, yeah, I just want to play. And I'm going to go back to the group of five. Or he may be very content, or he may develop and end up being a power five player. Um, either way, I think it's, it, it's, uh, it behooves, you know, all teams to use NIL if they're able to, if they have enough cash to get, get it all going, to, you know, pay for, you know, a handful of kids that, you know, would normally be walk-ons, but then basically on scholarship through NIL. Right, right. How uniquely – Positioned is Tennessee with this incredible fan base. Hell, they they fill that Neyland Stadium when the team was garbage, and now they're elite. I mean, I didn't see 11 wins coming. I don't know about you. I thought best case scenario last year nine. We, you got a fan base dying for for wins. You're right, getting close to the cusp. NIL, Spire Sports leading the way. Is Tennessee uniquely positioned to win a national championship in the next five to ten years? I, I think that you have to have so much luck involved. I mean, look, look at the Georgia teams that couldn't get past Alabama. And those were really good teams. Yeah. And now, I mean, they've won two back-to-back. But, I mean, there were some Georgia teams that easily could have won it. Phillip had teams at Tennessee in the 90s and in early 2000s that were good enough to do it, but they, you know, failed to win this game or that game, and it was a stumbling block. So, I mean, you know, who knows if they can get there. I think that they're positioned to be a factor. And I think that that's a good thing for Tennessee. I mean, you know, you talk about not seeing it coming. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody could sit there and say last year they thought that they were going to win 10-plus games. Not honestly. I mean, right. like, they hadn't won more than eight in a regular season since 2007. You know, I mean, I was fresh out of college, and, you know, you were, you know, in college, and you were fresh out of college too. So, I mean, like, it, you know, now I'm 40. So, I mean, right. like, you know, they're, they're, you know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> like, I mean, I, I just – it, it, it was such a long time. You know, even Butch's good teams, you know, which were, you know, 
you know, full of Tennessee players, right? He hit on that first glass. He got lucky uh, that Dobbs kind of fell on his lap and then, you know, finally got on the field after, you know, he, he was a, you know, a bad player. He couldn't play in practice. Um, then he got on the field and he balled, um, and he had Cam Sutton. But then a lot of those other teams were, you know, you know Josh Malone, Jalen Hurd, yeah. um, you know, Derek Barnett, you know, Todd Kelly Jr., who, you know, didn't play professionally. But when you go back, I mean, Todd Kelly Jr.'s got like a dozen picks. I mean – Warren Burrell's played three-plus years as a starter at corner. He has as many picks as you and I. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, Todd Kelly Jr. was a player. I mean, again, he didn't play professionally, but he played at a pretty high level in the SEC um, as far as being a playmaker. So, you know, you, you look at those teams, they still found ways to lose games. And so to be able to get to that point where you finally got over the hump and you won those games, you won 11, can they do that again this year? Can they, can they build upon that and not just be a flash in the pan? And I know you're really high on Joe Milton and what he can do in this offense. The buzz is growing again. What, what's realistic expectations for Milton? You know, I, I think if – you know, I've said the last month or two, if Joe Milton can play well and be – you know, in Tennessee goes 9-3, and 10-2, and two, he's going to – you know, he's, he's going to be a lead at his pro day. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the intangible or the, the you know, the, the physical tools are, you know, going to be jumping off the page. So I think he's, uh, you know, you know – top 15 pick, you know, maybe even a top 10 pick at that point, um, you know, if, if that happens. I, th- I think, you know, for Joe, it's just about settling it in and having the lows not be that low. If, if that happens, you know, I think that, you know, Tennessee's going to win some football games this year. I think the, the start is key. I think Tennessee's going to beat Virginia and they'll be undefeated. Everybody wants to talk about UTSA. Hype's done a pretty good job of, you know, they, 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 they take care of the business against, you know, yeah. the, other, the, the lesser teams. It's beating Florida for the first time in Gainesville since 03. You know, you do that. I, I've said this a handful of times. <laughs> if you told Heupel, you only get one win, but you get to pick it, and you get to pick it by as, as much as you want to win by. I think he's picking South Carolina. Oh, I'm glad you went there. I, think I thought he's, you were teeing up Florida. I like, no, I think he's picking South Carolina. So, okay, yeah. let's say you, you win that one. Then the X Factor game is A&M. Like, what are they? You know, and, and I think by second week of October, you kind of have an f- idea. Is this marriage between, you know, Petrino and Jimbo going to work? And if it does, then that's a really tough game. If it's not, then, you know, I mean, Tennessee's got a chance to be win that one, be undefeated. They've got a chance to win that game regardless. But I think it becomes a little more cloudy if, if A&M. Because A&M, I think, talent-wise, is just about as good as anybody in, in the league. Yeah. And um, and so I think that's a that's an X factor game. I think Tennessee can win at Alabama this year, uh, but again, that's doing something for the first time since '03, since Tennessee won that five overtime game down there with Casey Kloss and on fourth and seventeen to C.J. Phaeton. You know, again, doing things that you hadn't done in a while. They did them last year. Who's to say they can't do them this year? If it's clear and sunny when Georgia comes to town, do you think? Maybe there's a shot that they beat the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, I mean, again, with this offense, I think it's possible to do anything, yeah. especially if, if, if the quarterback is dealing. And who's to say that Joe don't have that type of day? Now, Joe could also have one of those kind of clunker games and Tennessee loses a game they shouldn't. But I think that, that you know, again, managing his highs and lows. And, you know, Georgia, you know, everybody doubted them last year. Uh, to a degree, right? They they knew they were going to be a, a playoff team, but I'm not sure they anybody thought that they were going to, you know, do what they did and just roll everybody. 
I'm sure they're going to try to manufacture that they've been left behind again, and, and little old Georgia's not predicted. But Georgia can be picked to win the East yeah. by hands, a landslide. Right. And, you know, again, what does their quarterback position look like? I mean, yeah. you know, Stetson Bennett, for all the detractors and naysayers, he just played, man. I mean, he yeah. made a ton of good throws. I mean, he was super crafty. And, you know, again, nothing was flashy. He just just did it. Right. I want, I want to ask, because Nico, obviously a hot name sure. in Knoxville. And, you know, you think about some of the games last year that maybe Hooker, you're, you're saying, why is he not pulled yet? You know, do you think we got a little bit of a, a shorter leash? I mean, not saying that, that Milton's going to be in trouble or anything like that, but I'm saying if we get a nice sizable lead, do you think we get Nico in there sooner than – Maybe years past. Yeah, I do think that, that they're going. I don't think they're going to worry about like let's only play him in four games because we're going to redshirt him. Like I don't, right. no one expects Nico to be here five years, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and you don't want him to be. You want him to be who you hope he is. Because uh, if that's the case, then he's you know three and out of here, and you're moving on to the next guy. Um, but I think you you want to get him in as much as you can. I think in a perfect world, Joe plays well. Tennessee gets up in a bunch of games. Nico gets a bunch of run in those games. He gets a bunch of run in the, the you know, dud games. And then yeah. we'll see what happens in league play. But I think you want to try to push him in there as much as possible because right. you want him to go in, you know, again, providing that Joe is good Joe. Um, you know, you want him to go into 24 with as much experience as possible. Right. You know, you don't want him rolling in there having only played, you know, kind of mop-up duty. You'd love to, you know, have him in there, you know, going against some decent defenses, yeah. you know, at some point. And so, yeah, I think in the perfect world – and I think for for Nico, for his family, I think they would love it. You know, Joe, Joe's good Joe. Nico kind of, you know, wades into the pool at the steps and doesn't get thrown into the deep end and say swim. Right. What win would be bigger for Josh Heupel and his Tennessee program, beating Georgia, two-time national champion? They're, they're going to be undefeated more than likely when they come to Neyland. We're winning – in Tuscaloosa, breaking the back of Nick Saban, beating Alabama two years in a row after not beating them for damn near two decades. Which which one of those do you think would be bigger for for the program? Well, how's the rest of the schedule look? If you if you if you, if you tell me that Tennessee's not going to lose any other game but Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you beating Georgia because that means you're going to Atlanta. Yeah. You know, um, you know, if you're telling me that Tennessee's going to have another blip on the radar, I would. If I was Tennessee, I would rather lose to Georgia have one more blip on the radar and, you know, and win at Alabama. Yeah, and maybe get into the playoff there with an 11-1 yeah. record. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of my thought is, like, you know, if you, if you knew you were guaranteed to go to Atlanta, I'll tell you Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, it's, if, 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 if Atlanta's off the table, which means you're going to have a hiccup um, besides the Alabama game, I think – that, you know, you would go Alabama. Isn't it wild, though, that we're sitting here and we're, we're throwing out these hypotheticals when, I mean, people are being like, what are you smoking? If we're, if we're saying this two years ago about, well, they're going to beat Alabama yeah. or Georgia, you know what I mean? Well, because Tennessee hadn't done it. You know, I mean, they had beaten Georgia, you know, um, fairly frequently up till 2016. They've not done it since. Um, but, you know, Tennessee hadn't beaten Alabama since, you know, 06. And only, you know, one time since 04. And then same thing with you know Florida. You, know, you had the you know the 16 game, and until last year, it was you know that was the one the one shining moment from all the way back to 04 and Will Hoyt and the field goal. And so uh, you know to to beat Florida, to beat Alabama, to beat LSU, to beat Clemson, all in one year, it's almost like you know everybody now feels you know, oh vindicated. You still got to go win at Florida for for the first time since 03. Florida's down. 
but they look at Tennessee differently than they look at other teams. They feel like, oh, you know, we've won this game 17 in the last 20 years. Yeah. We're supposed to win this game. And they play differently. Is there a, a – you know, one thing about High Point Company, they, they have a great way of identifying young talent, getting them out there on the field. Is there a name that you're thinking about that maybe a lot of folks aren't right now but will be at the end of the season? You know – I look on, you know, I think Arion Carter is a guy that's going to play a lot of football for Tennessee this fall. Um, you know, is he going to start? I mean, I think that depends on injuries. I think Tennessee starts the season definitely with Beasley and Peely at linebacker, and I think Arion and Herring are, are, you know, right there pushing those guys. Um, I'm interested to kind of see what happens up front. I think this is a contract year for Tyler Barron. Um, I think he knows that. I think it's a contract year for several of those guys. I mean, in reality, this is kind of a – an odd year because up front on the offensive side, you lose John Campbell at the end of this year. You lose Cooper Mays at the end of this year, more than likely. I mean, he could come back for a COVID year, but probably not. Same thing with Spragans. Jackson Lampley, Ollie Lane. You can keep going right down the list. All of a sudden, there's a huge turnover on the offensive line. Yeah. On the defensive line, you've got Bryson Easton who could go after this year if he had a decent year. I mean, he's got could technically come back for two more, but he could also go. Uh, right. Big O, same thing, could come back, but more than likely not. Elijah Simmons, I mean, is he really going to come back for another year next year? I mean, probably not. And so all of a sudden there's a lot of change on the defensive line. So you really need some of those younger guys, whether it be Tyrese Weathersby, Tyree West, David Hobbs, to step up. And I, I think it's a lot easier to step up on the offensive line, or sorry, on the defensive line, that is on the offensive line. I'm just the younger offensive lineman. I think there's some big question marks there about. Yeah. I mean, I think Addison Nichols is the most likely candidate to be that locked-in guy, but I don't think you can 100% say, oh yeah, he's definitely going to be a starter next year. Right. I mean, I think it would help if he kind of got to get into that guard competition in fall camp. Like he, right now, he's basically been put in the, you know, hey, beat Cooper's backup and like focus everything you have on center. Yeah. I'd love to see them say, hey, go compete for that left guard spot. It's open to Ollie Lane and, and Andre Carrick and some of those other guys. Go battle for that and see what happens. You know, Because yeah. I think last year I think he kind of went through the motions because he knew he wasn't going to play. And I think you need him invested. Some kids, if you know they're not going to play, just kind of go through the motions. Yeah. And you need a kid that you know feels like, okay, hey, I'm competing for this. Let's go. Let's go see what happens. And I think that you need that across the board. You know, offensively, I think Ethan Davis and McAllen Castles can be guys that are playmakers for Tennessee. Um, everybody's going to talk about Jake Warren, rightfully so. Uh, but I think those two players can can can, can kind of combine to have a really nice year and be that kind of Princeton fan combo guy. Yeah. Um, not necessarily they're going to take handoffs because I don't think that's the case. <laughs> he was a true jack jack of all <laughs> trades, Jack. You know, but uh, you know, I think they can be a nice combination to fill that role left by Princeton Fant. And then receiver, I think everybody just kind of knows what they're going to be, right? Yeah. I mean, I just don't – you know, Cam Selden's had a really good offseason. Again, right. how much can he get on the field, though? Got a lot of older guys ahead of him. Yeah. Last thing for you, Austin, your chance to bury Billy Napier if you want to do it. Does, does he survive, you think? I mean, if they're awful again, the fans down there are crazy. Georgia's awesome. LSU's on the rise. Tennessee, South Carolina on the rise. Florida State on the rise. I mean, I think those those fans are saying the right things now. But if he's five and seven, I, I think they're going to be done. With they're it. saying the right things now because he's done he's done a phenomenal job recruiting this off season. You know, yeah. um, and and I think some of them are some of those kids they've gotten are 
are nice rankings more so than like, okay, that guy's a dude, right? Like I think that you know, Tennessee's had a few of those over the years where you're like, optically, this guy's good for the class. Now, he's probably two or three years away. And, you know, um, I think, you know, that's that could be the case a couple of times with Georgia or with Florida. Uh, I, they start with Utah, and then, of course, they've got Tennessee in September. Like what are they leaving the month of September? If, if, if they are – a struggle bus leaving the month of September. I think it's uh, it, it's Katie bar the door because you're right. I mean LSU, Florida, Florida State. I mean that's the thing for right now. Like we, we talk about Kentucky, but we started this you know talking about Kentucky. Kentucky's had the benefit of a kind of a crappy Louisville. Mm-hmm. Brom ain't gonna have a crappy Louisville. They'll yeah. be competitive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Florida all of a sudden has a pretty competitive Florida State and. Yeah. That is not good when you're trying to pull yourself up by your bootstraps because you've not been very good. Mm-hmm. Before you go, Austin, tell the audience, where can they find all your work? You can go to VolQuest.com, the On3 network, uh, the Tennessee On3 site. And, uh, you know, we've, uh, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary. That's September 1st, which was game day last year and because Tennessee moved that game to Thursday. And, uh, you know, it won't be game day this year, but uh, you know, a lot of cool stuff over there. Um, we've got Vol Club Confidential coming back here in the month of August, which is a great one-on-one that I get to do with a player or coach uh, that, you know, we we do through, uh, you know, Tennessee's collective. Um, you know, we've got all kinds of neat content. We have a Sunday night show on our YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to VolQuest. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good time to be a Vol fan right now. Tennessee 11-2 and see if they can build off of it. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys.